Welcome back to Building a Modern Employee Brand podcast. My name is Susanna Rantanen, and this podcast is sponsored by my family business, Employee Experience Agency, Emine. Have you ever thought about how um, interested and curious your audience is about the content that your business produces and markets? Do you plan your content to respond to your audience needs or does your company simply produce whatever sort of comes to mind, whatever inspires you? If you answered yes to both of these questions, don't be ashamed because this is a common practice in uh, most organizations. Unfortunately, it's not necessarily very effective when it comes to delivering you the value that you should get from the investment of time and effort uh, during the the production of that content. And it's not also that hard to turn the so-called boat around and start producing content that means something that is relevant to your audience. And in this episode of Building a Modern Employer Brand podcast, We will talk about what makes content interesting to people out there. Uh, There are some common elements that we know already after years of content uh, marketing. And when I say that we know already, I'm not talking about just me, but just in general, the content marketing industry knows what makes uh, content uh, interesting to people, what people are looking for. And I'm also going to give you 10 ideas um, on how to produce interesting content. So if that sounds like a plan to you, then let's go ahead. First of all, I think uh, uh, we should answer the question of what is relevant content to our audiences. Obviously, there is no content that every single person out there would find interesting would find valuable. So the first step is to find out who the audience is, who do you want to reach and go from there. So after that, there are basic rules that we know already. And uh, based on studies, based on years of experiences in the, from the content marketing industry, it looks like that in general, people consuming content on the internet and and from social medias are interested in four types of content. So there is informational content, then there is educational content, which is also called sort of enlightening content, uh, meaning that it enlightens uh, your sort of your brain and makes you want to know more. There's inspirational content and then the fourth one is entertaining content. So knowing that we have these for sorts of different angles to the content that we produce that people are looking for is already, you know, expanding our range. So I know for sure that your audience is interesting in content that is able to arouse their curiosity, that is uh, able to, um, you know, help them understand whether you have something to say that might help them to solve a problem at work or in their life whether you have something to offer that could inspire them to to dig deeper into a subject, even to try it out, or uh, 
you know, if you know the Maslow hierarchy, at the top of the hierarchy is this self-actualization part. So inspirational content allows us to, it inspires us to self-actualize. And sometimes we just want to take a break. And that's when we like to see content that is sort of easy on the eyes, easy on your brain, and allows your mind to wonder. So if you and your business can give your audience, you know, all this in the form of content, you've got yourself a winner. However, uh, you have to put your words in those content. And uh, for you to know what exactly you should put in there, you have to find out who are the people that you want to target. So we all of us have different uh, sort of uh, information needs based on our current life situation based on our studies education based on our you know our job at the moment and so on and uh, when you want to reach your audience it's also valuable for you to know that you are trying to capture the attention of a person and that person is not interested only in uh, career related information or you know professional related information that person has other interests and desires and needs and problems and challenges and interests and curiosities as well and uh, you know i've always you know served my audience also other sorts of information that what my company actually sells and but not just randomly anything uh, obviously i've chosen topics and themes based on what my business represents to them potentially uh, and what i represent as a um, leader as a person like from my values from my you know cultural uh, perspectives but just to to sort of uh, not to get yourself stuck and 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 sort of your train of thought limited into thinking that when you uh, want to produce content from like a for a business purpose that you should only be talking about business that's not true so you're able to expand your reach uh, by choosing sort of uh, topics and themes that you have in common as a business with your audiences. So how do I know what content will be relevant to my audience? Well, the only way to know is obviously ask. Or if your website already has visitors, you can check out your analytics and see what your web website visitors mostly like to look at on your website. If you use social media a lot as a business, obviously, you know, for example, on Instagram, you are able to uh, see which of your photos or your videos or your stories seem to be loved by your audiences. And maybe that will give you some clues as to what is interesting to them. We are able to make some assumptions though. So just some uh, very like, uh, uh, like an ordinary ones, very basic ones. So if a person wants to change the job, uh, obviously they're interested in hearing out which companies are actively hiring and what each of these options of workplaces, potential workplaces might offer to them. Now that is like the basic assumption. If a person wants to have a new job, then they're interested in hearing out about job opportunities. But there is a lot of competition, obviously, 
in this kind of information. So how are you going to make sure that you're going to stand out, expand your reach? So let's talk about that person who wants to change jobs. That uh, desire to change jobs, the, then the actual job post as a content is only servicing the sort of external need of changing jobs. But you know, the reason why they're changing jobs or looking for a new job uh, is actually an internal need. So in that area, when we have these internal uh, uh, needs and these these, uh, drivers that are pushing for us to make some changes, obviously in the area of career changes, these people, your potential uh, candidates, they want to look and they're looking for information that helps them to lower their risk of making a mistake in whoever they choose to apply for. So any content that helps them to lower the risk of choosing a wrong place at work, uh, as in recommendations and references from your current and former employees, as well as information about your leadership, your leaders, about your leadership culture, and about those people, those folks that are actually currently hiring, are examples of uh, the types of content that uh, can help lower this perceived risk of uh, of choosing a wrong place at work. So, you know, imagine yourself when you're hiring somebody, you also want to know quite a lot about them. It's not simply enough for you to know that this person is looking for a job. It's the same way that it's not enough for this person to know that you are you are looking to hire, that you have a vacancy. So exactly the same way as you want to probe into who is this person, you know, or what are the, 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 the strengths and the weaknesses? Are they able to do this job? What kind of value can they deliver to us? Will we get along? Does, does this person fit our, you know, values and our cultural beliefs? Does this person believe in our vision and our purpose? Uh, so in the same way that you're looking to to have answers to your you know questions about perceived risk uh, the applicant wants to understand and find out answers to their perceived risk about you as a workplace what if our ideal audience were not active job seekers now this is a question i want you to focus on because it is not tricky at all to capture the attention of an active job seeker with the right kind of content i can assure you that they have a need and they want to be contacted they're looking for answers the tricky part is when you need to win over people that don't know anything about you and they don't even think that they need to know anything about you. So the same applies whether we talk about potential customers and uh, you know whether we talk about passive job seekers. So if you want your content marketing to actually work for you, for your business, not for you personally, if you're doing this on behalf of a business, which you should, you know, you should be specific about who you want to reach. 
I did speak about target audiences and target segmentations in talent marketing in the episode 16, which you can find uh, obviously on this uh, uh, podcast platform that you're using, or if you want to check out that blog post that I wrote, which includes a link to a free PDF, you can find it on my website, modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast 16. So Unless you, and yes, you specifically represent the ideal talent or the ideal customer of your company, meaning that you, who you are, are exactly like uh, what your company wants to hire or what, uh, who, you know, what your company wants to sell your products and services to, you should not assume that uh, your audiences are interested in the same kind of content that you personally are. And this is a such a common error in content marketing that we, when we actually take that route, that we produce content that, you know, we feel that is interesting, uh, that we are inspired to produce, because then it resonates with what we are personally, you know, driven by, interested by, what we value. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the person that we want to reach with this content is like us and would find that relevant. So to avoid that common error is very important because it, it, it really is a waste of, you know, the content producer's time and obviously the business's money. Because even though you were doing or somebody else in your organization was, you know, creating that blog post or making that video, it's still time that your employer is paying for. Um, And there is that, you know, the opportunity cost in like, where is it away? What could have you done during that time that was more valuable for the business? So as long as we need to get the attention of other people than ourselves, which obviously, you know, we have our full attention, don't we? So we should be more concerned about what the other people might find relevant and worthy of their attention. So we have many different target audiences for our talent marketing. They are often both internal and external. These are two very different audiences. So even if... um, you know, years ago, I had a customer, a very smart uh, uh, guy working in, in this customer company, and uh, they were hiring a lot of software developers at the time. And um, I uh, think I created them a, a blog post or, or actually it, it was probably... Yeah, it was a blog. Uh, no, it was a job post, not a blog post. It was a job description, like a, a, for a job advert. And um, this guy, this 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 content person at this customer company, uh, you know, he said like, "I'm gonna run this by our software developers because this this job post that you wrote is different to what we are used to. So I'm gonna run this by our software developers and and see what they think about it." I was like, "Yeah, okay, do that." So then a couple of days later, he uh, came back to me and he's like, well, Susanna, uh, our software developers thought that there is just too much information on this job post. It's too long. And there's a lot of stuff that is just irrelevant in their opinion. I was like, oh, okay, you know, that's fair enough. And, and, And I'm sure that it's true because they already know all this stuff because they work here. But now we are not, I did not write this job post for your existing software developers. I wrote it 
for those software developers that are not working here that you would want to hire and that you want to see working here. And, you know, they don't know all this stuff. Even if, you know, uh, we, we think that our target audience is that even, even though they appear the same, you know, if they're internal, they are different audiences than, you know, their counterparts externally. So the messages are going to be different. Their needs are going to be different. What is valuable and relevant for them is going to be different in most parts. But obviously, there's always overlapping areas. Also, we must win over talents that are interested in talking about jobs right now. So that is a different audience than those talents that um, don't even know about us, or even if they saw a message, but they're not interested to action on it right now because they're not, you know, they're not in the process of changing jobs. So these are two different audiences as well. At the same time as we're trying to uh, convince people that are actively looking to change jobs to, you know, consider us, we must win over talents who remember us later on, whenever the moment comes that they become interested in talking about jobs. It's very important to have uh, that kind of clear intent in their minds that we are doing this because we might want to talk about jobs with you sometime in the future. So it's a different kind of message, different kind of content. So there is a huge difference in knowledge, what comes to our internal and external audiences. These audiences are not necessarily on the same wavelength what it, when it comes to, you know, the, the uh, awareness of who we are. Uh, internal audiences have many, many more reasons to receive also our messages and engage with our messages, whereas external audiences really may have zero interest or desire to engage with us unless we give them a reason. So internal audiences also know so much more about us when external audiences may know nothing or then there's, you know, 10 or 50 or 100 other businesses that seem to be or that they feel that they desire more than us and they rather listen to those companies. So there's a risk for major curse of knowledge unless we understand that uh, the messages in our content are likely to be very different based on who we're trying to reach with that content. So it's very important that you know who you're trying to reach and you can figure out what might be relevant to them. To know what is relevant to your audiences, one, first be sure you know who you want to speak to. Two, do a bit of talent persona work here to learn more about the person you want to reach out. You know, oftentimes we consider, you know, talents that they're just job seekers, like they didn't have a name, like they didn't have a life, like they were not like human beings behind that title of a job seeker. And oftentimes we forget about that um, not all in our audiences are, in fact, job seekers. If they're not interested in seeking for a job, they're not job seekers. So oftentimes we recognize many potential areas to message about uh, when we uh, actually are able to see sort of past this open vacancy and this recruitment need and this job description, this position in the company, this vacancy, this title. 
And that goes back to that human being who has a life outside this career talk. Number three, understand that the relevant information uh, is directly linked to external, internal, and philosophical needs of a person in your audience. This is something that I learned years ago from a very talented storytelling author and coach, Donald Miller from StoryBrand. If you're not familiar with Donald Miller's work, I mean, I can strongly recommend of, uh, you know, becoming familiar with him because I just adore his work. He's just so um, talented in this area. So basically what this means is that your content must provide an answer to a solution, to a struggle, to a problem that the member of your audience is currently experiencing because nobody is looking for information about you. They are looking for information how you can help their lives to be better, how you can, you know, solve that struggle, that problem. Either, you know, if they're out of job and it's more like, you know, a game of survival, or if they are already in a job that but they just need to thrive somewhere else. So that would be their problem and your content must answer to that question. Does this company have a solution that could solve my existing problem? Think outside the box. We all have challenges. We all have struggles. We all have aspirations in our lives. And if you only think about the job and the benefits and the career steps, the career bath, no bath, bath that you, your business is able to offer, then you're only thinking about the external need. But I once uh, learned, I have a PT myself, personal trainer that has come to my house uh, several times a week for like five years now. And... Uh, you know, I don't uh, pay for her services really because I externally want to, you know, be fit. I pay for her services because I need that coach who comes to my house regularly and makes it impossible for me to sort of uh, slip from this routine. And after we have trained, I mean, the training session itself is often hell. She puts me through hell and then she laughs, you know, on my face. But after that training session, I feel so good. And that's what an internal problem is or internal need is. We want a resolution. We want somebody to uh, assure us that I can make you feel good. This solution that I offer for you is going to make you feel good once you've taken it. So my PT is not, I'm not really using her to build muscle. I'm using her to build my self-esteem. Do you get what I mean? So when you expand your train of thought in the content production from, you know, let's just talk about the jobs and the benefits and career stories to, how, you know, your people, your leadership, your culture, your values, how every, everything that, you know, a person can experience when they work 
in your company because of the people that they work with or because of the customers that they help uh, because of the mentors that they have internally you know what all that does for their self-esteem and their like mental health uh, that is a solution uh, and that gives you an area of many stories to tell that people want to reach that will be relevant for the right kinds of talents that you want to hire. Number four, this is important. So once you have an idea of what kinds of topics might be relevant to your audience, choose only the ones that make sense for your business to create content for. Because you listen to this podcast and uh, the name of the podcast is Building a modern employer brand. That is the only topic I want you to associate with me. And the more I repeat that one topic, the more you learn to memorize like, oh yes, it's that Susanna Rantanen from Finland and she's the person that has that building a modern employer brand thing. She knows about that. That's her thing. That's her brand. Obviously, in all of these episodes, I talk about in more detail things that go under building a modern employer brand. But in in essence, it's just one topic. I'm not talking about one day building a brand for you as an employer and then the next day building a brand for your product. And then the third day, I'm not talking about, you know, how to... Um, how to sell cars or how to build houses or I'm not going to share uh, my fitness uh, tips with you even though you know over the past years I've got plenty it's just not that I want to associate with my name for you as a member of my audience so you have to remember this that you know even though you as a person obviously are interested in so many more things than just you know building a modern employer brand podcast i want you to remember me from this so it's the same thing if you want your audience to uh, develop this kind of crush with what you represent Choose just one topic that makes sense for you and uh, stick to that one. So why is it important to go from advertising our needs into producing and marketing content that actually matters to our audience? This is very important. And this is also what I've learned from Donald Miller. So I don't know about you, but most people today prefer not to see advertising about products and services that make them ask, why am I being shown this? I bet you get that on Facebook as a, a lot as well, or used to. Not anymore, because you've noticed the algorithm becoming stricter and stricter in you know choosing what we see. But on Instagram, you still get a lot of irrelevant SHIT. That, in, that algorithm isn't working that well yet. Uh, but nevertheless, when I say most people, I say it because many studies show today that, for example, ad blocking has increased significantly ever since social media made advertising available for everybody. So many companies abuse social media advertising and unfortunately are totally clueless about targeting messages or producing messages that actually generate, you know, that interest, that curiosity to know more. 
And the problem with bad content, especially when shared on social media, is that the algorithm recognizes whether you create and post something of value or not. And if not, the algorithm starts to protect your, the eyeballs of your audience uh, because it's their platform users. So, for example, Facebook doesn't want you to be responsible for driving away their users from the Facebook platform. So they're going to punish you if you do bad content on Facebook. But when you post content that your audience seems to really love, the algorithm is going to reward you and is going to reward you well. So it really pays out to choose to be choosy about what you produce and what you share and make quality, make it what matters to your audience and not just, you know, share and post whatever any old bull. And I do want to emphasize that quality content does not mean that you have to use you know, thousands or tens of thousands of euros or dollars to produce like technically superb quality because the real choice is in the words and what value the words deliver to the recipient. And I'm more willing to listen to a, you know, a poor quality podcast, like sound-wise poor quality podcast, if I know that I can trust that the content will be superb and valuable for me, but I won't give it even a half a second if the content sucks too. So what matters is that your audience comes across uh, uh, your content. The content will awaken their curiosity, their desire to, to learn more, that they will then proactively come looking for you come look to you know come to your website to look for more information about what you've been talking about and you know if you feed this hunger of relevant content they will become hooked on you but you will not get there unless you make sure your content is relevant to those people that you want to reach and win over Okay, so I promised you 10 ideas to spark your content production. These tips and ideas are mostly based on my own experiences over the years. Uh, I've been a like a heavy content producer and marketer since 2009, and I've created consistently content on multiple formats, on multiple platforms, many times a week, every single week since early 2009. So I do know something about it, but... I don't claim to know everything. So, you know, take it as a pinch of salt. So 10 tips how to create more relevant and interesting content. Uh, uh, Tip number one is find out what is trending among your audience right now. Uh, when I say trending, this means that go on the socials and use even if, it's just, if it was just like 15 minutes every morning or every, every evening to check out what your followers are posting about. What are they asking? What are they sharing? What are they talking about online? Make notes. Always make notes. If you want to be relevant, you have to post about topics that are currently trending. So, uh, because no one is interested in topics that are kind of past the expiration date. But when you become an expert, you know which of the topics are what we call evergreen in content marketing language, which means that they're just always trendy. But unless you know 
make sure that you find out by following what people are working, talking about. Uh, and when I say always make notes, make notes because you forget. So we can learn an awful lot from just, you know, scanning through our own news feeds on socials. And if you want to create content to an audience that doesn't follow you, for example, if you were a recruiter and you would like to learn more about software developers, but they're not your audience, go see what your current developers are posting about or developer people that you know. Or if you are a recruiting consultant, go find, find out from LinkedIn, you know, which uh, people are software developers at your customer company and just click on their profiles and see what they're posting about. Go see who they follow and what those people are talking about. And again, make notes of keywords, topics, and hashtags. You will thank yourself later on. Number two, learn and become inspired by people who create great content every day. Because you also need to, you know, have that spark uh, and improve your own content creation skills. I mean, after a long time, uh, over 10 years of being like a daily content producer and, and social media marketer on multiple platforms for multiple, you know, uh, outlets for multiple brands and people, I still learn every day because... You know, these uh, skills, they, uh, just to let you know that if my dog is going to start barking in a minute, it's because there's a van pulling into the driveway of the, of the house opposite, and she doesn't like that. But she seems to be sleeping right now, so we might be lucky and you know, be, be saved from that barking. But if she does, I'll stop for a second, and I'll come back in a bit. So you want to make sure that uh, your own content production and content creation skills are up to date because these, uh, I have to say that the content uh, production trends and skills and tools, they develop so quickly. So uh, you need to know what's hot and what's not. So Google and start following people who are active on the content marketing front. Uh, learn from how they do it, but be mindful of not using their content without linking back because you don't want to end up being that person who started to steal other people's content in your industry. But one tip that I've uh, followed, because when I started back in 2009, there was really nobody else in this landscape for me to learn from or follow. I mean, I'm not saying that I was the only one in this planet but like like not a lot so uh, I started to follow marketing people business people advertising people PR people because it's not about in you know when you want to learn new skills it's not about what they say by but how they say it uh, that you need when you're learning to trade so it really pays off to follow the best ones regardless of um you know, what their industries. And uh, ever since influencer marketing started, I've been like almost stalking a lot of active influencer marketers just to learn, you know, their tricks because they have huge audiences who feed them back all the time. And they tend to be always like the forerunners of how to use social medias for like really engaging content. So, you know, there's like a zillion influencers on Instagram, for example, that you can learn from. 
Number three, use Google to find out trending content. Another tip is, you know, instead of like going to see what other people do, uh, is that you can use a Google search bar to see what are the top 10 most asked questions about the topic that you would like to explore or you would like to blog about. And this is what I used a lot. I don't use it uh, for content ideation, but I use it more to find the right angle to the content that I'm about to produce. So let me explain. I might have an idea in mind, but I want to know what is the right angle to present it from. So I Google, and then I first explore what people ask about this topic, so what they Google about this topic, because I want to make sure that when they ask Google, then my content could be offered as the preferably the number one search result. So then I actually see what other people have produced about that, you know, under that question, what Google offers as the search results. And uh, I'm going to look then what format are there? Is it a blog post? Is it an infographic? Is it a, is it a video? What is Is it a LinkedIn Pulse post? And then I'm going to look at the timestamp. So when was this? published and my god I hate when you know some blog content doesn't have any timestamp it's just so annoying because you don't know how relevant that information is. If there are already 10 very recent blog posts that are answering the same question it makes no sense to me to create the 11th one because I don't believe that anybody would actually read it. Uh, so I would choose either another angle or then I would choose a different format. I wouldn't write a blog post. Maybe I would podcast about it or maybe I would do a video or an infographic about it. I would want to be different. So if the number one organic search result was a video that was 25 minutes long, I would see that I have a spot there to create a version that is shorter because people like to see shorter videos. Even if it was exactly the same title, it would be likely to be a winner just because it was shorter. Unless, obviously, you know, the 25 minute long video was like a huge brand win. It pays out for you to try another alternative route. If the content would be all like outdated, like even from last year, I would have a spot there to create the most recent version. Because when people want to educate themselves about something, they are likely to use the most recent piece of content available. And if there are a lot of blog posts, I can see that maybe this audience prefers a long form text over other types of text. So I could also offer a blog post or I could do an ebook. So here I have two tricks about uh, tricks for you. If you choose the blog post, don't answer the same question. Answer like the question that comes up to that. If they already read the answer from these blog posts to this question, what would they ask? next about this and then use that as your headline. If the 10 current posts are all about what is, you should write how you do it uh, because it, it seems that there is no competition in how you know explaining how to do it. Uh, trick number two, add an infographic to your post and make sure the blog title says infographic because people love infographics and they're likely to choose your content over others just because it has the infographic on it. Then there are also other platforms and tools such as Reddit and Quora, Medium and Bazumo, Feedly, Pocket, Smart Brief, 
etc. Uh, Suhan Patel has made a list of recommended uh, recommended tools and platforms in his uh, blog post uh, about how to find trending content. So if you're interested to uh, learn about these kinds of tools and platforms, go to the uh, show notes article of this episode at modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast 18 and you'll find a link to Shuhan Patel's blog post there. Tip number four, sometimes our actual message might be super interesting to our audience, but we're serving it on a wrong platform. So this tip is about using a content format that your audience is used to using. I know that we all have our own personal preferences about what social media we follow and prefer to use, but we should not let that be the reason to select the social media that we use for talent marketing, because, you know, we're likely to make a mistake. So for you to choose the right medium, again, you need to know which platform your audience uses. Uh, and if you have done your homework well in the talent segmentation part, you have that data available for you. But if you if you don't have that data, ask people who work in that same profession about their preferences and thoughts. Uh, but remember that it's just their preferences and their thoughts. Tip number five, use images to deliver part of the whole message. Images are a really powerful format to deliver messages. And uh, maybe you know that there's a saying that an image tells a thousand words, and it's really, really true. Uh, we all have really atten- uh, short attention span these days. I read this article that I think it was Microsoft that had uh, uh, had, had a, t- a study done like a few years ago. Uh, and the outcome was that... Um, over the past uh, 10 to 20 years, the attention span of a human being has shortened so much that today uh, our attention span is shorter than that of a goldfish. So it's easy to understand, comprehend, to receive your message if you use images, photos, infographics, quotations, emojis, icons that help pinpoint the actual, you know, that the... the you know what the message that you want to get across tip number six structure your long-form content like it was a piece of news all long-form content should be organized like a breast release the main beef is in the beginning you have to have your blog post for example to answer the question that the reader has on their mind and the question that they have on their mind is that shall i spend more time on reading this blog post, I want to know immediately whether this uh, could provide a solution to my question, a solution to my problem. So the main beef must be in the beginning. Then introduce, you know, the key elements of the main beef next, and then leave all the flop at the end. Because imagine yourself scanning through like a blog post or uh, uh, online, and unless the article explains what the title promises and explains it immediately when you click it open, you're just going to leave that article. We just don't have that patience anymore. Tip number seven, break the pattern. When everything or everyone else seems to do one thing, do the opposite. You know, I've been blocking for years, but three years ago, I saw that the blogosphere, so, you know, the uh, uh, the, the <laughs> internet uh, uh, space for blogs was getting so crowded that I realized that it's, uh, 
you know, you have to produce like really super good content and really super good good titles, the catchy titles, and re really super good, be really super good at uh, posting those at the right time for your audience to really win their attention anymore. So you gotta break the pattern. So I started to 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 revert from uh, blog posting on a week uh, on a daily basis, and I started to create a weekly podcast at the time. And for years after that, really up until recently, I have been the only consistent weekly podcaster in Finland about employer branding. So I've had like several years of empty space, like a landscape, an audience that nobody else was serving. So, and it's really paid, it's really been worth a lot for me. So be bold to do something else than others are doing. It could be, I mean, you don't have to start doing a podcast. It, it could be just that, um, let's say that everybody else is using color photos. You choose a black and white one. When everybody else takes photos from head-on, you choose another angle. You know, breaking the batter means not repeating what the audience eyes are used to. That's how you get attention. Tip number eight is telling a story. Everybody loves a good story. Uh, stories are the same to our brain than air is to our lungs. Our brains need stories. That's why a good story is the best way to be relevant to your audience. But storytelling is its own competence. It's a skills area. But don't be afraid if you don't know exactly how to write like real proper stories, because any narrative that you can come up with will be better than no narrative at all. And sharing our own experiences of those of uh, or those of others is a great way to introduce a story to your content. Tip number nine: write nano blocks, as in short form posts or short form blocks, which are long form posts on social media to call for a conversation. Was that confusing? So a nano block is that you use the space that you have on your social media profile when you would actually, you know, write a post. But instead of writing like a sentence or two sentences, just write like a blog post, a longer text, like you are writing a blog post in that space. But the point is that you're not publishing it on any blog or anywhere else. It's just on that social media. So it's a longer form post, but it's a shorter form block. Maybe you didn't think that this was an option, but it is an option. So you don't necessarily need to have like a blocking platform to be able to use this kind of content. And for example, on LinkedIn uh, and also on Facebook these days, you can write like proper articles and publish it on the on the actual platform. Uh, and this is different than posting like as a... Uh, as a post on your news feed. So on LinkedIn, you have the pulse, and on Facebook, there is this new uh, feature called article, instant articles. Think about a topic likely to be relevant to your audience. Express your opinion or a view about it. Don't be boring. So don't be afraid of not you know, voicing your opinion, your strong view, your passion about it, because you will get a better engagement if you dare to say your honest view about it and express your thoughts in a long form and invite people to give in their two cents. Long form is good on social because uh, it keeps 
If you have a great narrative, it keeps the person occupied, engaged to your post, which the algorithm reads as, okay, they're interested, this is something valuable, and then the algorithm is going to reward you. The final tip, ask the questions. This one is even easier option than anything I've just said, because uh, you know, there's tons of social media groups about topics of interest of your target audiences. So go there, go to groups. Groups on Facebook are really hot right now. There are a lot of active conversation going on. And wherever you feel like you can answer a question that somebody asked, then do it. Because when you make a habit of, you know, associating yourself as somebody who likes to help out other people, they will start learning your name, your face, your logo, your company name. And uh, they will start liking you. They want to follow you because you're this helpful person. And sometimes I might have to ask my colleagues for an in-depth answer to help me to answer somebody properly. So that's very okay as well. The point here is to win, win your audiences over and teach them about what your business rep represents and how you guys can help them. And again, here, if you want to be strategic, you only ask the questions that you know you can tie up with what your business represents. What tips and ideas can you share about producing content that might be relevant to your audiences? Please, let's start a conversation on socials on the post of this episode. Could be on LinkedIn, could be on Instagram, could be on Facebook, wherever you see a post that I posted about this episode, just engage with me on a conversation. I'd love that very much. Okay, this was it. Uh, from this week, please join me again next Wednesday for a brand new episode of Building a Modern Employer Brand. My name is Susanna Rantanen, and you can find the show notes of this episode at my blog modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast18. It's going to be my mind.